Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Building with Bailey, a podcast. Uh, as you can tell, there's a lot of improvements that have already happened, maybe. Uh, sound quality, maybe the way that I'm sounding because of my health and stuff being improved. But yeah, a lot of great things. Um, for a while, I've kind of resisted buying any type of equipment for this because I was like, oh, this is a good project to like practice overcoming your tendency to strive for perfection and like not, you know, maybe posting things or like doing stuff if it's not perfect sounding or looking or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, actually, like my sound quality sucks right now. And I would say things as I like listened back to the episodes to to make sure that they they flowed and everything and before I would post and I'd just be like, I was literally saying stuff and then it would just cut out um, because I was just using my computer. So I have a microphone now. Um, give me the mic, you know. I can't really, I don't want to drop this mic though ever, but you know, I could if I wanted to. So if I say anything really cool, I guess, you know, drop the mic, but also let's not because I'm back, baby. Um, better than ever. Just kidding. That's dramatic. But yeah, basically, moral of the story, hopefully uh, sound quality on this pod from now on will be significantly improved. And hopefully we won't have those moments of like, I sound like I just walked away and like was talking still and came back and or like I was like underwater or like whatever frustrating thing was happening. So I'm back, baby, like I said. Uh, but also, um, yes, drastically better from the week previously. Uh, it's actually kind of a good reminder of just how much can change in a week. Like, I definitely learned the lesson of like how much can change in a day. It was kind of, um, it's not funny, but it was kind of funny how like after I got back from the hospital and everything, I found my notepad where I had written out my daily schedule and like my to-do list, you know, for the the same day that I ended up having the worst day of my life, right? And it's just, it's incredible how much can change so quickly and a good reminder to you of like not taking life for granted not taking moments for granted, really being present. Um, all the things I have been, I think, either explicitly or implicitly talking about for a number of episodes, but also to just these traumatic moments in life. Um, we actually talked about them in, in graduate school at Clemson in my health communication class where, you know, life is full of these moments or the, these ruptures, right? Like we have these rupturing moments that force us to to do something, to respond to something, to readjust, maybe realign, redirect, whatever it is, we we all have these moments of rupture. And I certainly had mine last month. And I know that you all could tell maybe in that last episode, like, yeah, I wasn't okay for a while. And it took me, it was like three weeks where I was just not, I was not feeling it. I was not doing all right. And, you know, I I think that it was, it's been a, a really transformative process for me. Um, and I, I am doing a lot better and I'm feeling so much better and I'm starting to get some energy back. My walks are now about four miles like they used to be. So I am really kind of starting to, to rebound um, and make that comeback. But um, yeah, I, I think it's important to also talk about 
these times in our lives too and to stop it and and process like I said I didn't know how to process I'm still not sure I've really fully processed everything admittedly like I've I've talked with again like group therapy I had my like personal like one-on-one therapy session and it was really good um, but a lot of people have encouraged me they're like oh you need to slow down or like take time off and I'll be honest with y'all like I missed one day of class in this whole three-week debacle and it was literally the day that I was in the hospital, essentially, like ambulanced and everything. So that was it. I have gone to everything. I have submitted. I have not missed anything like assignment wise, um, other than getting like a presentation rescheduled. But yeah, I'm just kind of not sure that that was the best decision that I could have made. Um, But also too, like I've told a number of folks like, For me, you know, thinking about having things pushed back or not completed or, you know, just it's just like this idea of not submitting stuff on time actually gives me more anxiety than than like basically the tiredness and the exhaustion and maybe the condition that I was in. Like I I was choosing one or the other, like choosing to rest um, or choosing to submit so I wouldn't have like anxiety and like panic about my my progress this semester. So it's kind of and it, it's also more more complex than that even. It's not just like an and or. It's just kind of how could I do both at the same time? What does that look like for me realistically? So making those adjustments when I needed to um that that's been really helpful, but yeah, there there wasn't taking it easy for me this past week I'll be honest like I definitely feel better which means I'm kind of throwing myself back into the the hurricane that's hitting me Um, because it was week four um, but also kind of week three for some classes based on our Thursday start so just the hectic time I, I I honestly feel like every four weeks of a semester is that's when everything hits and so that was certainly true for me this past week I had days where I was working like 12, 14 hours, which is not ideal for me as I'm trying to like slowly immerse myself again, but I just have so much going on and uh, was just trying to keep up. So we're working on the the whole rest bit, I guess, and what that looks like for me moving forward. But I did get to teach yesterday, uh, which was really great um, because, you know, it is my job, but also to it's something that brings me a lot of joy. And like I said, for a while, I hadn't really felt that much joy. And I felt like I was letting people down and I was letting my students down by not being present for them. And all of the, this number of, of, you know, thought pattern that number of thought pattern, that's really great. <laughs> the number of thoughts that I was having in this pattern of thinking uh, that were not great thoughts to have, but nonetheless, I was having them. Um, it, it has also been uh, a good time for me to reflect on how, how I am talking to myself. And a couple episodes ago, I talked about, you know, being kind to yourself. And if you're not going to say it to your friend, don't say it to yourself. And then yet, I had this rupture moment in my life uh, and three weeks of time where I was just kind of down and trying to recover and then down again after another surgery and trying to recover. And 
yet there I was spiraling in this place of of not being kind and not being compassionate to myself in a way that I would expect and and fighting with those thoughts and emotions and feelings and what happens when I need help from other people who support me and love me and and overcoming that that guilt and that feeling of um you know like why why am I resistant to to help and to to needing help uh and in these very real ways it's not it's not like I never asked for help because I I also have told people too like I I've definitely asked for help when I when I need it or you know when I it's it's usually like related to school like I'm going to always ask a question because if I'm not understanding something I realize like that's just going to hurt me in the long run so I will ask for help I will reach out and advocate for myself in that regard but there is a limit to that there are contexts in which I don't advocate for myself or accept that there are people in my life who who need to help me sometimes you know like sometimes you can't get water for yourself and you are going to need help and that doesn't make me less of a human it doesn't make me whatever it is that I'm I'm worried that it makes me a burden especially a burden um but people actually genuinely can care about me and love me and and be there for me because they want to be just like I would be there for them. So that's been another big lesson I think I'm I'm building off of <laughs> uh building off of just these kinds of thoughts and trying to redirect and slow down when I run back into this self-protective mode of like, I don't need help. I'm independent and blah, blah, blah. Like you can be independent. You can be all these things and you're still a human being who does need help. And that's okay. Like it, it's not a weakness or, um, you know, like what is it that I'm trying to protect myself from? And I think when you start asking yourself those kinds of questions and you dig even deeper into your own self, you can uncover some very real things that you've got to deal with. And this has also been a time for me to to do that further in, in ways that maybe I hadn't considered before. So all of that to say, um, I'm coming back. Um, I got to be outside in the sun, like I said. I get to, get to go on my walks. And I just, I absolutely love being outside. Like there's just something about the sun hitting my face, the 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 air, the the scenery, the water flowing, like I really don't have words for what it does to me inside, but it is just magical and being reunited with that magic has been truly wonderful. So I'm very thankful for that and hopefully that means you know in the next you know I'm not going to push myself too far because that would be ridiculous, but Hopefully that means I'll be able to go on hiking adventures again in the next few weeks, maybe. I don't know. Um, but again, not going to push it because I don't want to relapse. I can't do this again. <laughs> I can, but I don't want to. So we're just going to pace ourselves. But it's just been so nice to be outside. Um, yeah, so that's kind of that update. I also wanted to do a little bit of a nerdy rant if you all are down for that. If you're not, I guess you can turn this off. So whatever. Um, I'm in control here. Uh, but 
I wanted to talk about some of the classes that I'm taking this semester and some of the the interesting things that I've been learning because I think that they're kind of neat and maybe you'll find it interesting too. Um, so I actually am only taking one class within my department once again, which is hilarious. Um, that might be a whole nother podcast episode at some point, but yeah, I'm taking one class within my department. It's called the rhetorics of resistance and like social movements and stuff. And it's been really, really interesting. And I, in a, that I, I've never taken a rhetoric class before. I don't consider myself a rhetorician by any means. Um, I had more of the like traditional training where it's like, I definitely learned like, Aristotle and and those kinds of things within rhetoric, but rhetoric is also super broad and it can mean different things for different faculty members and scholars. And um, I'm learning a, a type of rhetoric right now that I just, I literally have no idea what's going on or like who these people are that they're citing. And so it's been a real learning curve. Um, but then the other two classes that I'm taking are environmental related, which I love. So the one class is actually called Environmental Media Studies, and it's in the Media Studies department. Um, I love the professor is incredible. Um, the class itself has been really interesting in that we're learning about things that I have never stopped to really consider and unpack before. When I say things, that's that's not very specific. So here's what specifically has stood out to me. Um, but al- it's just also this idea of, um, I would say human versus nature. Um, how for so long, I think I have considered myself as a human being to be separate from nature. Nature is something I go into, I retreat, I experience rather than understanding myself as situated within nature. Rather, So kind of like twisting that narrative of, of human versus nature or nature is something that humans conquer, humans dominate, humans explore, humans exploit. Nature is something where it's, it's intertwined with me and I'm intertwined with it. And the decisions that I make impact it. Um, and just like the, the ways in which it, it works impacts me. So that's been kind of a, a real shift that I, I just haven't paid attention to. And we've dissected a couple, well, we, we dissected one film in there. It's A River Runs Through It, it has Brad Pitt. It was like 1992. I admittedly had never seen it before, but we we watched it for one of the, the first classes and we unpacked it in the class and, and talked about how deeply intertwined, like even the camera shots and like the ways in which, you know, with nature photos, we often see this gaze of like down upon. So kind of shots from above. Um, and it gives us this sense of like dominance almost. And these are just further reinforcing this this notion of human versus nature. These, these separations that are kind of prevalent um, and truly... It, they impact so much of how we conduct ourselves. If you if you view yourself as separate from nature, or if you view yourself as something as nature to be, you know, explored or conquered or exploited, you're going to treat it differently. We're going to make decisions differently, and I think that we're seeing the ramifications of that separation today. And so, 
almost ideologically, it's it's been fascinating to to shift my mindset or to be aware of. Um, and even it gets to things of coloniality and religion and all of these different, you know, facets of of how we have conducted ourselves, especially within the United States, but even abroad as well. Like it's a pervasive, pervasive um, mindset that has, like I said, real ramifications on the treatments of nature, the treatment of space, the treatment of how we understand, like what is, what is nature, like does nature need to be protected? What does it mean to protect um, who's included, who's excluded, and all of these other things. So I've had some really fascinating conversations. I've been challenged to unpack the the ways in which I have thought about and experienced um, the world around me. And I think that's one of the beautiful things that I do really love about, you know, education and, and these classes I get to take, how they make me think and feel. Um, the other class I'm taking, though, kind of works hand in hand with that class with environmental media studies. I'm taking, oh, these are all graduate classes, obviously. But anyway, um, I'm taking an environmental studies class, uh, and it's actually called Environmental Governance, Institutions and Actors. So I'm learning about the different scales of governance. And one thing particularly we've really focused on in the last few weeks is this concept developed by Eleanor Ostrom, who I believe was an economist, uh, actually Indiana University. So love that. Um, but uh, Ostrom developed a framework thinking about the management of common spaces. And she basically um, opposed a previous uh, scholar who argued that, you know, the commons can't be managed and that there that humans are just inevitably going to exploit and exploit and exploit for their own selfish gain and there's no way like blah 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 and and she came in with with her framework and said actually i disagree with that and here's why and one of the model the one of the frameworks that we've talked about from from ostrom is is the social ecological system or ses and ses is really this idea of management from a level that understands humans and nature or their surroundings is situated within one another. So rather than these separate entities, um, they're actually working or can work together. So when we're thinking about managing these types of spaces, we have to think about everything from every level, like which ecosystems are going to be displaced, you know, possibly bothered, impacted by our decision-making all the way up to community members working with one another, um, working with companies, working with with everyone. So kind of opposing this idea of top-down governance or, you know, the company coming in and doing what they want, exploiting, et cetera, but rather how can we assess everything within a system or a, a space? And when we're thinking about, you know, decision-making or managing those spaces, how do we... Um, how do we keep all of those factors in mind? How do we work together? And Ostrom believed that we could. And I think we're starting to see a shift. We talk about in the class, like we are starting to see a shift in that there are grassroots organizations that are really dedicated to building community, listening to community members, 
Um, but also too understanding that, you know, microorganisms all the way up to like big animals and, and plant life, um, one small change will impact so much more than, than what you can see sometimes. And it can be very detrimental. So how do we make decisions in these spaces where we, again, keep all of the, the different entities um, in, in mind? And I think that that's kind of a really important model um, and one of the frameworks that, again, we're learning now, we're going to be learning other frameworks as well, but it's really challenged me to consider my own role and my own positionality in other ways that I hadn't previously considered. And um, yeah, so all that to say, it's been super interesting this semester. Um, I'm also too starting to explore projects where I think I'm going to to do one of my create um, one of my projects for, for actually the environmental governance class is going to be this kind of website type design, and I'm going to be I think my topic is going to be underwater or the under yeah Microsoft's underwater data centers and on land data centers and assessing perhaps the a the different you know levels of of governance that are occurring within like land or the ocean um, but also some of the the ramifications of decision making um, and you know you have things with on-land data centers like where are they located how much water are they drawing um, which I've had previous experience in kind of exploring but doing it further and noise pollution impacting you know the health and livelihood of the surrounding communities um, but also to these these underwater data centers that Microsoft is launching now um, they, they will disrupt different uh, wildlife in the ocean because they're on the ocean floor. And every five years, they have to be pulled back up to to be cleaned and, and maintenanced, I believe. So these are just fascinating and interesting um, things. There's also, too, the, the concept of, like, ocean warming because they're using ocean water to cool the data centers rather than having to pump in water from, like, aquifers and other locations. So... There's just it's just really fascinating to me. I don't understand why I'm so, you know, drawn to data centers, but I guess here I am. I don't know that I want to be known as the data center scholar, but also I don't know if I'm going to be able to to combat the inevitable. I don't know, but it's just fascinating to me. Um, we've also talked about fracking in my environmental governance class. We got to have. Uh, a local person from it's called Moms Clean Air Force in Colorado and also internationally. Um, but it's an organization that's really focused on the residential fracking um, and the issues that come from that for the surrounding health and air quality uh, within the region. And before moving to Colorado, I didn't understand really like what fracking was. I'd heard about it and I was like, oh, it's bad. But like I actually didn't know the process and I learned the process last semester in my energy policy class. But also too, this semester, I'm learning about these these other implications on the health and well-being and the air quality and the way that methane is either released into the atmosphere, which is literally the worst possible thing that could happen. I mean, it just like destroys the, you know, the ozone layer. It's so bad. Um, but two 
just how those chemicals and stuff and and the ways in which they're making their way into the surrounding community members and the the lack of longitudinal health modeling and tracking and it's just it's a whole thing um but in colorado specifically that is a huge deal and i've never been in a place where there were so many active fracking wells um it's just massive amounts not in my not in boulder <laughs> they don't have any operating within within boulder or really in in fort collins or like along that line but in communities and it, again it hits at uh, a socioeconomic level it also becomes a social justice issue um and colorado recently they passed a a law i think where there's got to be 2000 feet now between a fracking well and a residential or business property um, or properties and that's kind of a big deal but that's not necessarily the answer and yeah there's just so much to unpack especially with energy um i I just love it so much. I don't know why. Again, it, it just becomes a thing like I don't know why. Um, but yeah, so I've been kind of just, you know, marinating in all of these different topics. Again, unpacking my own positionality and my own beliefs and um, upbringing and, and really challenging myself in ways that that I hadn't considered previously and I think that a lot more of us are going to have to to start doing. And it's really been um, a, a hard process, but also I'm starting to also see like the the benefits of of being challenged in those ways and taking classes that make me think about things differently than um, I would have otherwise. So all that to say, uh, big nerdy rant from from Bailey, but I'm really excited for the projects that I get to do this semester. Um, I think they're going to be really cool. And I especially like the idea of doing creative projects because honestly, A, I'm so burnt out with writing these massive papers. Like, I mean, just burnt out. And so it's nice to have like the chance to to retreat from, from that. But also too, um, I'm really tired of writing things that the community can't read or like that, that, uh, you know, people aren't going to just be like, oh, I'm going to sit down and read this jargon filled academic -y paper that's going to be behind a paywall in a journal. I, I want to do work that is public facing, that is for the community, that is for whatever audience wants to, to enjoy it. That's my goal. Um, I'm really getting frustrated by a lot of the academic system. I could talk about that as well, I'm sure. Um, so I'm like, how can I fulfill my own desires within a structure that might not be set up for that? And thankfully, this semester at least, I'm taking classes that are going to give me the chance to kind of be rebellious and, and go against and do things and that's going to count for my grade, which is really exciting. So hopefully I'll have like this really neat like story-ish website thing that people could scroll through and and read and and learn from um in a way that's again, it's not paywall protected. It's not this jargon infested, I mean, which don't get me wrong, I think that that kind of work can be beautiful as well. But again, my core value is really how can I educate other people or how can I 
maybe challenge other people or how can I help other people? How can I, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, exciting stuff. Um, I'm also, as you can tell, I'm finding joy again in school. I have not been completely broken like I thought I was. I was like, oh my God, this is all boring and meaningless and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm starting to find a lot of, of joy in the things that used to bring me a lot of joy. So um, my, my involvement to extracurricularly and a couple of things have picked up recently, which has also been a, a point of stress, um, but also to excitement. Um, but yeah, so between the big, you know, CU Energy Club conference, we have like a virtual, it's not a conference, it's a job fair, um, but I'm helping. I'm like one of the three officers for the CU Energy Club. And we had this big job fair that we're, we're doing that's virtual next Tuesday. So things have been hectic for that. And I'm also a fellow with the the Media Enterprise Design Lab here on campus, or Med Lab, and I'm working on revamping a radio show. And all of a sudden, now I'm going to be a radio show host. So big things are coming. I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, that's exciting for me and terrifying, but also really exciting. And you know, creative things are on the horizon, and lots of learning and lessons are to be had. And I will be sure to come back and share things as I go um, with with you all. So I think that about wraps it up for this episode, whatever that was. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. As always, I appreciate you. I hope you enjoy this enhanced sound quality. Uh, I think it's going to be a big improvement and I'm excited for it. So anyway, I hope y'all, again, are taking care of yourselves, and I will see you. No, I will talk to you in the next episode. <laughs>